welcome to this week's episode of Making It to the Mic. I'm your host, Stephanie Pam Roberts, and today I'll be chatting with Cherie Bite. They are a multi-hyphenate artist whose skills include photography, videography, being a musician, being a Broadway stage manager, and now a voice actor. After the Broadway shutdown, which unbelievably was a year ago this week, they pivoted into voiceover and have become a staple in the VO community. On that note, if you'd like to make a donation to the Actors Fund, which helps people in the entertainment industry affected by COVID, you can find the link in the show notes. I wanted to feature people on this podcast who are at a variety of different places in their careers, so I'm really excited for you to hear our chat. So here's my conversation with Cherie Bite. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me today, Cherie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. So I like to start every episode with a very simple question, which is, tell us about your journey. How did you make it to the mic and what did you do before you started voiceover? It was like bungee jumping. Um, I love you, that. You know, you're like, I want to do voiceovers and you get to the edge and you're like, I don't know, maybe. And then you jump down and you like kind of touch the water and then you immediately, I immediately like went back up and was like, nope. And then didn't do it for like 10 years. And then I just never followed through. Um, so what I actually do is I'm a Broadway stage manager. So I was working on Town when the world shut down. I had a friend who voiced all of the Viagra commercials. And he was like, oh my God, you would be perfect. Go see my agent, who's like a big New York agent. And me, who had like never done any coaching went in <laughs> cold and uh, now you know now as a professional looking back I was like what the what was I thinking you know um but I love that he had a good laugh <laughs> the agent was <laughs> like you should get some training I was like okay <laughs> so uh, I ended up going back to theater because immediately after that I got another stage managing job up in Hartford and so you know, doing theater full time is like kind of hard, especially as a stage manager when you work 10 to 12 hours a day, you know. Finally, in 2019, I was working on Hades Town. I knew the show wasn't going to close within one month, unlike my other Broadway shows. <laughs> and <laughs> wah, wah. and um, my cast members were all like, you need to do voiceover. Andre DeShields, Tony Award legend was like, you should do voiceover. Um, so I signed up for Edge Studios. Um, they have like an investigate voiceover class. And I was like, sure. Paid my hundred bucks, went in, super freaking nervous in front of the mic, just like a ball of nerves, like could not, like Macy's 30% off, like so shaky. <laughs> um, but it was a good start. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy my own equipment. And I had a contact in my notes app, and all it said was Sam Ash Ricola discount. And so that was from when I was on a train like two years ago, like I think like 2017, 2016, who knew, who knows? And this guy next to me was just coughing up a storm. And you know, you're a New Yorker, you like ignore it, and then you like kind of get mad at it. And then I was like, you know what? I have a Ricola. So I take a, because I'm a stage manager, I took a Ricola out of my bag and I handed it to him. 
And he was like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, I had this itch in my throat. I couldn't get it out. I'm like, oh, my God, no problem. Do you want a tissue? And he looks at my ukulele. He's like, oh, you play? And I was like, yeah, I teach. And he's like, oh, my God, come to Sam Ash, you know, anytime. I'll give you a Ricola discount whenever. Like, come ask for me. And so two years later, I was like, you know what? I need some uh, voiceover equipment. And I called in the favor and he was still working there. And so he was able to talk to his manager and get me a discount on the equipment. That's amazing. What a very New York story. (laughs) Seriously. So I got the equipment. I like tried to set it up in my closet, which didn't work because right under the room I was setting it up in was like a heating boiler room. And I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. So what I did, we have a large dining room table in our living room, and I stood it up with four legs against the wall. So it was standing up long. And I got packing blankets from the carpenter in my theater, and I draped that dining room table with like 10 packing blankets. Also put a packing blanket on the floor. I stapled um, acoustic foam into the underside of the table. And then I put a little stool so I was able to crawl in. And that was my recording studio for for a year. And I um, hooked up my like little NT1 arm, boom arm against one of the sides. And I strung up my iPad using like yarn or twine or something and that's how I read my copy I even made French doors so you could like push apart the uh the packing blankets and look at the uh computer (laughs) I love it so did you have um before you started this kind of more recent round of voiceover did you have any other acting training or um, had you taken any other voiceover classes or were you just sort of like, you know, I I put in some work before and I'm ready to just jump right back in? So I had, because I went to a conservatory for theater, conservatory? How do you say it? Conservatory. Yeah, conservatory. Okay, cool. <laughs> <This is laughs> welcome to the voice actor's life. Um, yeah, so I went to a conservatory in Philadelphia for stage management. But within that program, we had to take... Um, acting lessons and directing lessons and stuff like um, even filmmaking, which is how I got into doing all of this, like editing and DAWs and all of that. Um, And I was able to get some acting training there. And then also just working backstage, you know, professionally in theater, Mm -hmm. you get to see how actors and directors work and the whys, but not, not having done it personally was very different when I first started voice acting. I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, I understand it, but doing it is completely different. So what did you find was helpful when you were first starting out um, with those voiceover jobs? Like, what, what sort of things were helpful to think about um, in terms of, like, those acting moments and kind of getting into that headspace? I think for me early on, I was definitely very... This is what a voiceover should sound like, you know, and that's not at all what they're looking for. And because I didn't get coach, I got one coaching session that didn't work out very well because during the session they said, oh, it sounds like English is your second language. And I went, (laughs) squeeze me. (laughs) I grew up in, Mm. I grew up speaking English and I'm sure they didn't mean it. But, you know, for me, it was like a microaggression. Um. And so that stopped. Yeah. And then I I joined Voices.com when I first got my equipment and I didn't book a single thing. 
until evocation. So with my voiceover journey, I like did some stuff. I did my podcast, you know, I would record auditions. I did uh, an audio play where I had my friends help direct me <laughs> before I did the session. Yeah. Um, but what really, really, really jumpstarted started my career was when I released that stage manager calling video um, that went viral. And then people posted it in Voice Actors of New York City on the Facebook group. And Maria Pendolino actually posted it and was like, this is amazing, you know, like our theater community. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I said, you know, I really want to do this. I just need like a mentor. And she was like, call me. <laughs> and from that phone call, like, first of all, I gained a friend and a mentor and someone who really was like, this is what you need to do. Go do this. Okay, focus on this. This is how you make an e-learning demo. Okay, great. And then now we have a rapport where, you know, if I book something, I'll be like, oh my God, and we make cat jokes and Photoshops and whatnot. <laughs> um, but it, that that sense of lifting others up is really so helpful. Can you tell us about the viral video? Because I also discovered the viral video before I knew that you were also a member of the Voice Actors of NYC Facebook group. And my husband is a, a Broadway sound engineer, and I am a musical theater person, so very close to the Broadway community. And that video just made me smile and weep and just gave me all the warm fuzzies. And then when I realized that you were also a voiceover person and in the Facebook group, it was like, oh my gosh, this girl's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's so nice to hear. Okay, so I'll start from the beginning and then get to my emotional part. I was working on Theater for One, which was this show created by Christine Jones, who is absolutely amazing. And what it is, is like a one-on-one -on -one interaction with an audience member and then one actor. And the way we did it was virtually with um, a setup that I helped uh, design. and. It gave you eye-to-eye -eye contact. So that was really cool. And the actors, um, we were all backstage on a Zoom, and they were like, oh, man, I miss stage manager calls because I gave them places. I was like, this is your places, your places call. And they're like, oh, my God, I miss that so much. And so after the show was over, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a video. I'm just going to I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I set up my mic, my new Cinco D2, and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I just filmed myself giving calls. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I just film the top of show ramble? And I released it out into to into the world, sent it to the people I was working with, and was like, here, like I hope this this makes you feel happy as much as I I felt happy making it. And then the next day it just like went around the world. And I was like, oh my God. And I read almost every single post and comment about it because for me, seeing everybody miss this essential part of them mm -hmm. that they live and breathe taken away from them, um, to come together again and be like, this, like this made us remember what it was like, you know? The pre-show ramble was the best part because it was so real. It was so like if you are a theater person or if you've seen a show or if you've, you know, you're, you live in that world, it was really perfect. It was so spot on. It was very, um, I don't know, it just like touched touched my heart. 
I actually used my actual um, Amelie Broadway script <laughs> to do that. I love it. That's amazing. So I know for, just from seeing your posts that you have remade your booth a few times. So can you tell us about what that process was like, kind of what prompted you to keep working on it and, you know, what you were trying to achieve and, and get to with those with those uh, tweaks? Yeah, absolutely. So with my first booth, the dining room table booth, that worked out great for quite a while. But I wanted something where I could work and be at my mic instead of like going into the booth, coming out, going to the booth, coming up. And so I made, <laughs> because early in the pandemic, I didn't have a desk because I always work at work. And so I took over the entire living room and my partner's like, please, <laughs> can you please make a desk? And I was like, fine. So I made a little desk on, on top of my keyboard using my keyboard case. And then from there, I built a little shack, uh, I would call it, um, with things I found on Craigslist. I found a mattress foam topper, a four-inch mattress foam topper that was free. I found like one of these like good sound-absorbing blankets, also free. It had a rip in it, but that's fine. I put the rip side down on the floor. And, and all of those packing blankets I also got for free from um, the person I worked with at the theater. So I built that and I did a consultation with Frank Verderosa and the genius that he is with his super ears. He was like, um, you have an entire open room behind you, don't you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up um, building this booth and it kind of came to me. I am such a deal hunter. I like check all of these deals all the time. And this deal for this like storage unit shelf came up on one of the deal sites that I look at. And in my brain, I was like, this is perfect. It's heavy duty. The shelves are movable. If I have two of them, I could kind of make this into a room. And so I started just, it was like a beautiful mind drawing on windows where I was like in a notepad and you'll see on my blog post, like I literally was just furiously sketching, measuring. That's all I could think about until it was completed. I could not sleep. So I ordered it and I was like, okay, this is what I'll do. And it worked out great. I also talked to Tim about it because um, he was kind of mentoring me at the time. And I said, oh, I'm building this um, thing. And he's like, oh, think about the metal pinging back. So again, coming back to people being super helpful in this industry um, is, is a big plus. In terms of information and lifting each other up, um, I feel like that's what that's what this industry is great at. So then I, I built this booth, sound dampened it. I like got 24 heavy duty packing blankets. So I have my computer, I have my monitor, I have my camera, I have my mic, my interface, and then also my keyboard. So I could spin my chair around and just like pound it out on the keyboard if I wanted. Nice. I love that. It's so resourceful that you were able to, you know, to kind of start where you started and then say, okay, I think I need, you know, the next steps and then really figure out what those next steps look like for you because I think every you know everyone's space is different everyone's needs are different and um, I love hearing how people kind of make their space work for them so what genres of voiceover do you work in and how did you find your way into those specific areas so I like the nerdy stage manager that I am <laughs> a Dropbox folder labeled jobs so in here so far I've 
worked on animation, e-learning, IVR, narration, and podcasting. Um, not stuff like this, but actual like podcast tags or um, audio dramas and stuff. And I would love my dream, of course, like everyone wants to do like animation for TV, but my mission statement in life is to give back to the child that I was and what I was missing as a kid. Mm. Um, so in terms of more queer stories, you know, more BIPOC stories and um, learning how to be confident in yourself, you know, stuff like that. I would love to voice anything um, in that genre area. I love that. I love that so much. I feel like you know, so often we kind of get lost in like the volume of jobs or the number of jobs. And I think having that sort of why or that, you know, that thing that really sparks you is so cool to have that in the back of your mind, kind of always looking for those opportunities. And I think they will come to you because you've put it out there. You know, you've you've got that in there to uh, to pursue. <laughs> Thank you. I actually just voiced a non-binary platypus, which was super awesome. Ooh, tell us more if you can. Um, I voiced a platypus for a student doing an animation, and I can't talk much about it because uh, it's not completed yet. But it's amazing that these stories are now being told. Mm -hmm. You know, so. The fact that these stories are coming out and that the younger generation is so much more accepting and even some of the older generation who are now being like, OK, you know, you know what I need to do is love my child, period, um, is giving me a lot of hope. That's so cool. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot more auditions recently that have way broader specs than 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 they used to. Um, you know, I feel like the auditions now I'm seeing non-binary mentioned. I'm seeing, you know, diverse casting encouraged or specifically seeking a diverse cast or things like that, um, that kind of really show where we're going in the voiceover industry. And, and I think it's a positive step for everybody. I love that more jobs are being open, like more doors are being open. And you can't just always say, oh, here's this job. And like the default normal is a white person, period. That's how it's always been. Um, and now that there are more calls for diverse casting, I appreciate it. And at the same time, um, I hope that people of color, like BIPOC, are not only getting casting notices that say diverse. I hope that they are also getting all the other casting notices, if you know what I mean. Kind of like in stage management, I want to be hired because I'm good and not because I'm a woman or because I'm a person of color or because I'm queer. You know, at the end of the day, I think for me as a person, I want to be hired or I want people to work with me because either they like me or they think I'm good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know for you, especially coming from a different industry into voiceover, how has the pandemic been in terms of that pivot for you? I use hashtag pivot with a capital V-O in the middle. <laughs> Which is so brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Good work on that. <laughs> um, I always, you know, I've, I've wanted to do this since 2019 in November. So it kind of worked out. So once the world shut down, like I said, I was like trying to do voiceover work, but wasn't really succeeding. So I ended up stage managing a lot, actually. Me, again, like the nerd that I am, made a spreadsheet called Pandemic Hustle. 
where I listed every job I did um, and how much it paid and what category it was in. So I ended up doing, I shot a wedding at one point. I did some band album covers. Um, I did some musician shoots. I also did videography for some, for Hadestown for their Christmas album. Um, and I did, I did a whole bunch of stuff. Like I hustled with every single skill that I had. I played ukulele for children in a New York Times um, Zoom room or like a Zoom room that was featured on the New York Times. Um, cool. Yeah. So it was really nice to also stretch my skills during this time. And now I'm happy that I'm settling. I wouldn't call it settling, that I'm gaining traction in the voiceover world because losing theater you know, something that you love, uh, you understand, I'm sure you and your husband completely understand that like, this is something we live and breathe. And to have that taken away from us is just unreal. But for me to find this, something that I love, like I am having so much fun doing this. And it's just so exciting and so joyous. And like, it definitely lights me up. That has been so, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice how how much you enjoy, you know, the the business and kind of the nitty-gritty, you know, as you said like the nerdy stuff, which I think is so important. It's it's part of the business. It's part of what we do. There's a lot of glamour and glitz and excitement and fun in terms of auditions or booking jobs, but then there's also kind of uh, some I like to call them the muggle tasks, like the nitty-gritty like <laughs> yes. You have to have a spreadsheet about your, you know, your taxes. That's no fun, but we have to do it. So, you know, I love that you are able to kind of hone in on that little crossover skill that you have and and really make that work for you that you're you're good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's the other thing, right? Uh, so, I also had everyone tell me, "Oh my god, you have such a great voice." Ugh. Um, which I appreciate. Don't take me wrong, but that's not the only thing to get into voiceover. I have many people now being like, oh my God, people tell me I have a great voice. I should do it. And what people don't see is that it takes so much work, so much work. It's not, the voice is literally a drop in the ocean sometimes. Um, it's the hustling and the networking and the making of the website and you have to get a demo and the classes and the lessons and paying for pay to plays, you know, talking to agents, submitting, getting no's everywhere. There are those parts that people don't understand and don't see until they try. Mm hmm. And do you feel like you're sort of primed for that being from the theater world where we sort of deal with rejection on a daily basis, as opposed to like someone from, you know, a nine to five corporate world who's maybe been in the same job for a while and now is diving into this more creative industry where you know, it's it's just a, a different vibe. Yeah, I think theater people definitely have this resilience to them, you know. Uh, my therapist was like, I mean, you've done this. She was like, Sheree, you've been unemployed so many times. Like, <laughs> you know how to handle this. <laughs> um, so coming into the, the shutdown, it was like, okay, let's do this. Let's hustle. Um, and definitely, I, I don't think I really had all the information until evocation. How many times can I say that it's amazing because it was amazing? <laughs> it bears repeating for sure. You know, since you're sort of in your kind of the beginnings of your career, what was the what was the best piece of advice that you got, your favorite piece of advice that somebody gave you kind of as you were jumping in? 
so many, oh my God, so many gems. Um, I have actually a wallpaper section on my website uh, under blog where I made wallpapers from people I have worked with or people who I was like, yes, you know, that is absolutely amazing and everyone needs to hear this. Um, one is from Andy Roth, who I did a class with, and his motto is, be you, do shit. And it's that simple. For for me, taking his class, it really, I've said this again, bears repeating, he like unlocked my inner VO beast, you know, the, just the confidence and the know-how. You don't really get until you train, I would say, and until you've been doing it. Nobody just walks into this. You know, it's a, it's a skill that you have to hone and craft. I also have uh, Mara that says, trust your voice. I love that one. Maria Pendolino, of course, do you have a budget range in mind? I gotta, that needs to be my new desktop because I totally forgot to ask that for my last project. And then Karen Hui, who I just took a class with, said, don't ever disqualify yourself. Let other people do that. All you have to do is have the courage to step up and do it. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Mm. You know, this is the one time you have access to so much information and so many people um, who are willing to talk during this time. I feel like those are really good gems of really simple kind of things to remember and latch on to that you can immediately look at and be like, yep, I got this. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us about about your journey or about, um, you know, something exciting coming up in your VO life? <laughs> um, I did want to say that to, to people who are just starting out that it's your journey. Um, don't let anyone define you or tell you what you can or can't do. Um, definitely take the advice because people who've done this for a long time know what they're talking about. But at the same time, um, I ended up making my own demo by listening to other people's demo, looking at iSpot TV. Um, my first demo, I actually took some scripts from Edge Studio, which like is a huge no-no because everyone knows them. Um, but from that demo is how I got my first agent. So, you know, it it worked for me. You know, it, I always caution people about making their own demos because unless you really do the work to listen in and figure out you know, kind of what's out there and what the demo should sound like. I think you're just taking shots in the dark and that, you know, may not be a great first impression. But if you can put in the work and you can figure out, you know, what the spots sound like on iSpot TV, which is a great resource to watch commercials, um, then, yeah, you know, that that could be a great way to to start out before you kind of get your sea legs and and figure out, you know, investing in in that aspect of your career. So do you feel like you've benefited from having a VO mentor? 100,000%. Um, the other thing that is super helpful to me now is I have a cheer team. We have a cheer team <laughs> with four of us where we just are hyping each other up every week, every day. We're like, okay, I have this commercial today. Oh, here's this thing y'all should apply to. You know, they're, they're accepting submissions for voice actors. What do you need help with? What are your goals? And having that backup, that support, um, I think for anyone, whether you're starting out, whether you're um, far into your career, having a bunch of support behind you and next to you, I think is so important because nobody does it alone. 
That's so true. And I love that you call it, what did you call it, a cheer squad? Our cheer team. (laughs) Cheer team. I love that because I feel like, you know, people get into like accountability groups or accountability buddies. and, And while I love that as well, it's something about having it as a cheer team just really sets it in a different tone. It really makes it feel like a collaboration and like you're you're right, you're lifting each other up and you're saying, you know, how can I help? Okay, let's do it. Um, you know, which I feel like accountability buddy gets really serious sometimes and cheer team feels really um, joyful to me. I love that. It is very joyful. How did you find those people? Through um, through evocation. <laughs> Man, evocation. We really got our money's worth. Yeah, so I met them during evocation, and then we actually did a motivator group, and I was like, hey, Soraya. And then so it was Soraya, me, Wayne, and Gina at first, and then Gina opened Positive Voices Studio, so she got very busy. Um, and so I still, like, kind of catch up with her offhand, but she was too busy for the cheer- for the group. And then so we got Opal um, in, so it's the four of us now. And we have a spreadsheet and everything. We're like, these are the production houses. Who has emailed them? Okay, put the date you emailed them so we don't all email them on the same day. That's so smart. I love that, that you're sharing the resources in a way that's helpful, but also, you know, still gives everybody kind of room to do their own thing and room to grow and and use it. That's so cool. And back to your stage manager spreadsheets, which you are, of course, an expert at being a Broadway stage manager. (laughs) I love spreadsheets. I mean, I love them too, but I bet you're way better at them than I am. (laughs) Google. Google has all the answers, really. (laughs) But I have to say that you have also been a, you know, a really great asset to the voice actors of NYC group. You have been someone, too, who's been more than happy to share their knowledge about things like that, that some people in the group who are more creative-brained are not Um, so good at or a little more intimidated by. And you are always the first to comment like, I'll help you with that. I'll fix your spreadsheet for you. No problem. Send it over to me. And I think that's, you know, that that's says something about who you are as as a kind of newer member of the community that you see the value too in being a team player and kind of just jumping in and helping people when you can. And, and I think that's, again, from the theater background, you know, it's, it's an ensemble. It's a, uh, theater is a collaborative art, my sixth grade teacher told me. And I and I think that voiceover can be collaborative, too, because we're always kind of in our little dark closets and we're, you know, we don't see people really. But, you know, having those groups and accountabilities and cheer teams and Facebook groups to kind of go into and collaborate is is really special. And, and it takes people like you who are willing to jump in and help that, um, you know, really lift everybody up, like you were saying. Oh, and I, here's the thing, right, is like I said before, nobody does it alone. It's because I've had support that I want to give that back. Um, I'm running all of these clubhouse welcome groups to walk people through the app because the first person who uh, invited me into clubhouse gave me a full walkthrough. And I was like, this is amazing. This is what everyone needs. And so same thing of giving back to me as a young child. I want to make sure that I give back to those who were in my position or are in my position who need it. And I feel like, especially in this industry, in any industry, really, one person's success is not your failure. You know, there are enough jobs out there for everybody. That is literally, that needs to be in your, you need to make a wallpaper so we can download it. I forgot who said that. I did not come up with it. That's okay. We can just say anonymous 
Seriously, that is that's exactly, you know, I, I think that's part of my why for this podcast is just it, there's not one path. Anyone can do this. There's space for everybody. There's millions of people looking to hire voice actors. And so, you know, I, I do truly believe that there's there's a spot for everyone. Well, thank you for for coming on and chatting today. This was fantastic. You know, I feel like for people who are just starting out, this is a really great resource to see kind of what the beginning of your career can look like and and how far you can go in just a short amount of time. Absolutely. My pleasure. I can't wait to listen to all of your podcasts. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk and I wish you a lot of luck as you continue on this journey. Thank you. I'll see you on the road. I love Cherie's energy and passion for this business. Last year, when Broadway shut down, it was truly devastating, and it's amazing that out of that, they created their voiceover career. I hope if you're at the beginning of your voiceover journey, you found some inspiration in Cherie's story. If you'd like to learn more about Cherie, I'm linking their website and socials in the show notes, which you can find at my website, www.stephaniepamroberts.com podcast. And to stay updated about future episodes, please follow me on Instagram at stephaniepamrobertsvo. As I grow this podcast, it would be amazing if you could take a moment to subscribe, leave a review or a rating, or tell a friend who might also be on their voiceover journey. Thank you so much for listening, and here's a little preview of next week's episode. The person on the other end of the line is just as human as you are, and everything goes so much smoother once you acknowledge that that person is human. That's next week on Making It to the Mic.